J.D. Martinez is a 100 RBI man. Dodgers pitching didn't look that great, and now maybe there may be some shuffling, at least in our minds, of who should be on the playoff roster. And there's playoff races, not the NOS, but the AOS, AL wild card, NL wild card. We'll talk about some of those and who the Dodgers could potentially face. That's all on tap, so let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is a daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the first, bringing you, not the first, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. You can find us wherever you find podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. And if you never want to miss a day, because you know we're not going to, you can subscribe in each of those places and become an everydayer. Uh, every day are people that listen every day, and you could be one of them. All you got to do is watch or listen every single day. If this is your first time listening or watching, you are in for a treat because if this is your first time watching this week or your fifth time watching this week, uh, Jeff and I are together for the first time this week. That's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. I'm Vince Amperio. We're both lifelong Dodger fans that have covered the team. We've watched the team. We are fully ingrained in Dodger baseball, and we're here to bring you what we think is knowledgeable and uh rational thoughts on the Dodgers for the most part until we get to the postseason. Then we get a little irrational or at least I do. So one of us is more rational than the other in the postseason. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk Dodgers and the game specifically yesterday, Jeff, uh, not the best game to have to talk about, but there was a couple things that stood out one positive and maybe a couple things not as positive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, we like to start with the positive start, start on a good note and on a good note and uh, we'll stick all the lousy crap in the middle. Uh, JD Martinez in the first inning hit a two run home run, giving him 32 homers and hundred RBIs on the season, uh, which means the Dodgers now have 400 RBI guys uh, in a season for the first time ever. They've had three before they've had uh, four, four guys with 90 or more several times, but, First time ever that four guys got to 100 RBIs. And I think JD is maybe the most remarkable. Like, it's a career high for Max Muncy. Um, he had never gotten to 100 before, but he's hit 35 home runs almost every year. And so it was just a matter of time. He had gotten to 98. Not that big a deal. Mookie Betts, leadoff guy, but also superstar, near 40 home runs. So, and Freddie Freeman, he's driven in 100 before. Uh, but JD Martinez, even though he's probably driven in 100, in a season more than the other three guys combined, I would guess. I think today was his 110th game. And that's what makes it so remarkable. Like what he's done, 32 homers and, and 100 RBIs in 110 games, that's like two thirds of a season, which means if he hadn't been injured, he would be at like 45 and 150. And uh, and that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that, that is up there, especially the way he'd been hitting um and yeah, it was one of those things where we weren't quite sure what we were going to get out of J.D. Martinez when the Dodgers signed him. It was one of those where, like last year, I feel like he was a little bit unfairly criticized, or at least by the market, unless, you know, we know that he took the Dodgers deal because he wanted to win. And you know, obviously having Mookie Betts here was probably a plus for that. 
But last year, I mean, he was an all-star. He had a really good first half. He had a couple bad months, and then he finished strong in September. The home runs have been going down for a while, so that was a surprise of the actual power. But him hitting the ball and putting the gap and all that kind of stuff, not as surprising. But he's been a, the stabilizing force. You know, Mookie and Freddie obviously are the guys at the top of the order and, you know, both MVP candidates. And, you know, Max Muncie took him a little while to get going, but he got it going and, you know, had a, a typical Max Muncie year for the most part that he's had. Uh, in his career as the Dodgers, you know, Will Smith tailed off a little bit, but JD Martinez has been that guy in the middle of the lineup. And uh, honestly, probably one of the bigger reasons the Dodgers are where they're at, just based on what we knew we were getting from people when the season started and when we didn't know what we were going to get from some guys when the season started. Yeah. And the crazy thing is the way JD has done it has been totally different. He, he's got the lowest walk rate uh, of the last decade, basically since he became JD Martinez, this is the lowest walk rate he's had. He has by far the highest strikeout rate of his career. Um, but also he has the highest home run rate he's had in uh, looks like since 2017, uh, his highest home run rate. And so, you know, he, he's selling out for power a little bit. Uh, obviously like the, we, we talked about this last week that when he can avoid chasing that low and outside slider, uh, He's very, very good. When he makes the pitchers come into the strike zone, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, I think in the game on Wednesday, I think he struck out four times. Uh, it was it was not a great game for him. It, it's kind of we've seen both sides of of JD the last couple days. Uh, but when he is bringing pitchers into the strike zone, and he hits the ball hard, like really, really hard, and it's it's one of those things where you could kind of see it go either way in the postseason, uh, you know, but the good thing is he's played in the postseason before he's won a world series before he's, he's not going to be uh, overcome by the pressure. doesn't mean that he will make pitchers come into the zone, but you know, you like your chances, I think of him putting up good at bats. And if he does that, if he makes them come into the zone, it's really easy to picture JD having some really big hits for the Dodgers in October. Yeah, um, like you said, he has a swing and miss, especially on breaking balls out of the zone. But it's not a thing where, like, he swings at every single one. There's days where he's more patient than others, and there's at-bats where he's more patient than others. But I think, you know, you think about last year in the postseason and, you know, one or one hit, one timely hit uh, with runners in scoring position, sends this series to at least a game five, two hits could swing the whole series in entirely. And when you think about who's going to be up at the plate, you think, you know, obviously Mookie and Freddie are there and they were part of it last year and, you know, didn't quite work out, but you think about JD Martinez and, you know, he's a guy that you feel comfortable with going to the plate in the key situation because he's, you know, he's not a guy that's hit trying to hit a home run. He's just a guy trying to hit and, and he, you know, puts little soft singles up the middle. He's poked a couple to the right side. Not that often, but he could, you know, put pulls a double on the gap, you know, home runs to all, all parts of the field. So I think, you know, him, it, one of the guys I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, if the Dodgers are going to have any success in October, I think it's going to be a little bit on his back. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm just looking at his plate discipline stats on Fangraph. And uh, his percentage of swings that pitches outside the strike zone isn't, it's higher than his career average, but not ridiculously so. He's at 36.6% this year. Uh, his career is 34.1. 
Uh, and he's had other seasons in the 36s, 35s. So not crazy abnormal. Crazy thing is his contact rate on pitches outside the zone is by far a career low. Uh, his his career average is 56.2. He's at 46.6% this year. He is not making contact when he swings outside the zone, which is why it's so important for him to uh, to make him come into the zone. Because, you know, he's got the highest swinging strike rate of his career because of that, because he's chasing the same amount, but not making as good a contact. And so that's really going to be the key for JD. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, It's, it seems like he should be better against lefties than against righties because it's that right-handed slider that he's susceptible to. But you look at the stats, he has actually been better against righties than lefties this year. And so he's just an enigma. It's hard to figure out what to expect from him, except he's going to hit the ball hard when he does hit it. And there's not much more you can ask for than that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Next topic will be the pitching staff. It was a weird day in Colorado. Probably two lefties that gave up a concerning amount of runs. One that we're probably maybe not as concerned about and one that we're probably a little bit more concerned about. And we'll just take a look at the whole Dodgers pitching possibilities because a few things have changed in the last few days uh, or a few things could be in the in movement the next three days. So that's what's on tap. So make sure to keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by the Sleeper app. MLB playoffs are around the corner, which means the clock is ticking. You got about three days left to get your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now, especially with these playoff races that we're going to talk about later. And right now you can win big money 100 times your cash with sleeper app you get your picks right and you could win big what do you have to do all you have to do is pick a player you know mookie bets freddie freeman for example if you're a dodger fan and pick more or less on stats like home runs hits strikeouts and more the more picks you make the more money you can win and you know you can it only starts with two you only need to pick two you can go all the way up to eight so go check out the sleeper app right now and check it out you can tell your friends about it there's a group slash team chat in the app which you can use to you know talk about your picks or you know, talk about the picks as they're going on. And it takes, it's really fast to put an entry in. So there's a lot of positives for sleeper apps. So go check it out right now. And if you use the promo code locked on, you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleepers, terms used for details. Go download sleeper now. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to find us where we get podcasts and on YouTube and subscribe and listen every day. And we'll, we'll call you in every day if you do that. If you want to listen to these last three Dodger games uh, because you can't watch, you can do so with SiriusXM or the SXM app. All you got to do is search Dodgers and you get the home broadcast for those games. All right, Jeff. So yesterday, uh, Ryan Yarbrough got the start and... Um, did not pitch very well. He gave up 11 hits, nine runs. Uh, three of those hits were home runs. And, you know, uncharacteristic from what we've seen, but you know, at a certain point, it was more about the innings than the actual, uh, more about the innings than the actual success. The Dodgers don't have much to play for in terms of standings wise. And then Caleb Ferguson came in later and pitched, got one out. Gave up five hits and gave up four runs. This is, you know, we talked about Ferguson as an opener the other day and the concern now, and, you know, this one was an opener position. Uh, Dave Roberts said he's going to have one more outing over the weekend. 
But, yeah, Jeff, do you think uh, Caleb Ferguson is starting to pitch himself off the playoff roster? Well, uh, our everydayers will know Caleb Ferguson has been off my playoff roster for a while now. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the way he pitched this – and it's hard because it is Colorado. And, you know, we've talked a lot over the last few years about don't take too much at face value of what happens in Colorado, especially when it comes to pitchers performing poorly. Problem is he's not missing any bats. And it was the same problem with Ryan Yarbrough. And that for me is a consistent theme with Ferguson uh, that, you know, both of those guys in this game on Thursday kind of demonstrated why you want guys who can miss bats, because a lot of things can happen when you don't miss bats. And when you're in Colorado, even more things can happen. And so I think Colorado just exacerbates things, but, We've seen the last three games that if you strike a bunch of dudes out, you're going to be successful, uh, even in Colorado. And so Caleb Ferguson, for me, doesn't really bring anything to the – at this point, I would much rather go with a youth movement based on stuff. And Caleb Ferguson, for me, doesn't have the stuff to be on the Dodgers postseason roster. And I think I feel the same way about Alex Vesia. Uh, you know, for me, neither of those guys is on the roster and bring Gavin Stone back up, bring Kyle Hurt back up and, and, you know, and even go on to Ryan Yarbrough, like uh, Yarbrough, maybe it's just an issue of he shouldn't be starting a game. Like maybe they need to have the contrast and have Yarbrough pitching the last three innings after Bobby Miller goes six innings. You know, if Miller goes six, totally opposite kind of pitcher, hard throwing righty, bringing the soft toss and lefty, you know, if Miller goes six and you've got a four or five run related, perfect time for Ryan Yarbrough, eat some innings. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, neither of those guys excites me. And really, if you look at this whole weekend, um, the runs that were scored uh, in, in this, not this weekend, this this week in this series against the Rockies, what, 90% of the runs that were scored came against Caleb Ferguson and Ryan Yarbrough? Well, seven of them were against Ferguson alone. In two yeah, and nine, nine by Yarbrough. Right. So that's 16 right there. And how many, I mean, the, the Rockies only scored what 18 runs in the series, something like that. So like it was, it was those two guys, everybody else looked good. And so for me, it's like, well, uh, pushing some decisions there. Yeah. For Yarbrough. I mean, he's still going to have a role. I would imagine in October it's, you know, Ryan Yarbrough in Coors at Coors field is probably not, uh, you know, a thing for success. He does limit hard contact. But he also it benefits a little bit from fly balls and fly balls at, at Coors Field uh, go a little bit further than fly balls at, at other stadiums. So, you know, that that's part of it. I, I still think he'll have a role. I think it might be matchup dependent, depending, you know, what kind of team they're going to play and where, you know, stadium-wise where they're going to play. Um, although I don't think there's too many – well, I guess there's some hitter-friendly parks they might play at, but we'll, that'll take care of itself as we go on forward. But, yeah. Kayla Ferguson just hasn't done anything. He hasn't looked good as an opener. He hasn't looked that great as a reliever. He has imploded. You know, it, it's one of those where he doesn't have like okay outings. He has good outing or normal outing. And then he has like a bad, bad, bad outing where he gives up multiple runs. And at least this one, he wasn't walking guys, but he was giving up hits. And yeah, I just, I can't, I, I would feel much more comfortable seeing. Kyle Hurd after one inning 
pitch, you know, the first inning of a game if that's what they wanted, then Caleb Ferguson throwing the first inning of a game right now. Um, and even in a later inning, I guess, you know, if uh, experience does matter, but skill and, you know, the way you're throwing at the moment also matters probably a little bit more. Uh, so I don't think – I still feel like he's going to be on there for, you know, they seem to like him. Uh, you know, this tonight after the game, Dave Roberts kind of talking about him. What might have been the most pessimistic he's been in the sense of like, you know, saying he went out there, gave a pits, you know, didn't look good, but he has one more outing. For them, for him to say he has one more outing means that outing he's has to show, yeah, yeah. yeah, has to show him something. And I don't know if there's, you know, unless he starts throwing 105 miles an hour and you know, and can throw strikes, I don't know what that last outing can show that deserves that shows that he deserves to be on the roster right now yeah results by results based there's nothing he can do in one more outing i mean it's the giants who don't hit well even if he strikes out the side you know throws an immaculate inning it's like okay well did you look better doing it you know because that's yeah and that's why i mean we've got a whole season's worth of evidence now maybe more than one season's worth of evidence that caleb ferguson isn't a super great pitcher anymore and uh, I would I would much rather bet on stuff with with the young guys. Yeah, and you know beyond that, it, it's just like I said, I say matchup dependent, but I really don't think there's the way you know the way the game is now. There's not really a oh they have like ten lefties in their you know on their oh, ten other fourteen position players or thirteen position players are lefties. We need Caleb Ferguson because it's not like he's getting people out in general. And a lot of the other guys, especially the young guys with the changeups, like that's the neutralizer for left-handers anyways. So, yeah, not to harp on Ferguson point, but just in general, I say matchup dependent, but when matchup dependent comes down to like the last spot on the roster, maybe where it's like between Yarbrough or Vesia or Ferguson or some or Kyle Hurt or somebody else where it's like, okay, we in an ideal world, this guy's not going to pitch this much unless it's like mop up duty or in a big in a big lead. But if we do need him, I'd rather have this guy because he matches up a little bit better. Yeah, and what we know is that at least one pitcher on the current roster won't be on the playoff roster because they currently have fourteen. You can only have thirteen on the playoff roster, so, so somebody's losing a spot. And like, it's not going to be Emmett Sheehan. Emmett Sheehan is on the roster. Uh, it's not going to be any of the young guys who are currently on the roster. So it's going to be, you know, either one of those three lefties we're talking about, Vesia Ferguson or Yarbrough or Lance Lynn, you know, depending on how his start goes this weekend. Um, or it could be more than one of those guys if they decide, you know what, let's really go all in and let's go with Gavin Stone too, or let's go with Gavin Stone and Kyle Hurt too. Um, and that's why, like I said, I'd go give me Stone and Hurt over Vesia and Ferguson and Yarbrough, but you know, uh, I I don't think they're really considering Caleb Ferguson as an opener in the postseason. I really do think that was just to get guys like Pepio and guys who might be in piggyback roles used to getting warm during a game instead of having their pregame routine. I think that's 100 of what that was. Uh, but it might be wishful thinking on my part. I might just be trying to talk myself into that because uh, I definitely don't want. Caleb I, mean, I think Ferguson. they wanted it, but it just didn't work. Yeah, I, I, I don't even think they wanted it. I think it was entirely just to get these guys used to coming out of the bullpen. If they had named him and Gratterall and then Gratterall started pitching well, and then he didn't make any starts and Ferguson did to, to kind of have the same guy over and over means that they're considering it. I think 
I think it's a guy who uh, is pitching for his spot. So here, let's give you a clean inning every time, give you the best chance. And, uh, and he crapped the bed. So. Yeah. All right. There's some playoff races going on, obviously not, uh, Directly related to the Dodgers, some of them indirectly. So we'll talk about all those. So keep it locked on Dodgers. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Do you love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door? You know, we've been used to that in the new generation and, you know, food or things we buy or everything delivered directly to you. Well, now DoorDash Grocery Delivery can help you stock up for the week or order your last-minute cravings conveniently. If you need groceries but don't have time to go to the store, try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. And if you want even more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with the $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders when you get a Dash Pass membership. So go check it out, DoorDash. You can order your groceries. Get them right there to you and you can, you know, make dinner before a Dodger game or you can make or you can get something during the Dodger game uh, and make it after uh, whether it's a victory meal or a uh, depression meal. So go check out DoorDash right now and you can get 50 percent off your first DoorDash order up to a 20 dollar value when you use code locked on MLB at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50 percent off up to 20 dollars. No subtotal and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code locked on MLB. Don't forget that's code locked on MLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen. Thank you if you're already an everydayer. And if you're not an everydayer, we still thank you for listening today, but we also encourage you to listen every day and become an everydayer. Remember, where we get podcasts and on YouTube, I go to search Locked on Dodgers. And also search Locked on Dodgers on SiriusXM or the SXM app and find us there, which is also where you can find the home broadcast for Dodger games if you search Dodgers. So go check all that out. And let's talk playoff races, Jeff. There is a playoff race in the National League for the last two wildcard spots. Technically, um, you know, Arizona does play the Astros this weekend, so I guess – they could fall out, but they have a seemingly comfortable enough lead with three games to go. Uh, Arizona, Miami, the Cubs, and the Reds are all within three games of each other for the final two wildcard spots. And then you got the AL West and the AL wildcard all battling it out. The Rangers uh, are currently the and AL West leaders, but they are only two games ahead of the Astros and three games ahead of the Mariners, but they play the Mariners three more times. The Blue Jays are currently one game ahead of the Astros and two games ahead of the Mariners for second wild card spot. So there's still a lot to be decided in the next three days. Yeah, and that American League West, you've got, like you said, the Rangers, Astros, and Mariners in that order, and chances are one of those teams will win the West, one of those teams will have the second wild card, and the other one will not make the playoffs. You know, like it's possible that all three of them make the playoffs if the Blue Jays do fall off and the Blue Jays are playing the, the Rays. And so uh, really all three of those teams battling for the or all four of those teams still battling for a spot have tough series this weekend. The Rangers and Mariners play each other. The the Blue Jays play the Rays and the Astros play the Diamondbacks. And uh, the Rays aren't playing for anything anymore now that they've already locked up the wild card spot and the Orioles clinched the division. So they are meaningless games for the for the Rays, so that's a, a benefit to the the Blue Jays probably. But 
that's still a division rivalry. And so they're not going to roll over for them. And uh, when you look at uh, the national league, it's a lot of fun. I do appreciate you not mentioning the Padres who technically have not yet been eliminated. Uh, they could be eliminated uh, still by the time people are listening to this episode because the Mets and Marlins are playing. Uh, it's currently in a rain delay. The Mets were up one to nothing going into the ninth inning and the Marlins scored two runs to take a two to one lead. And then the rain got too hard and they pulled out the tarp. And so it is still the top of the ninth inning it's been three hours or so that it's been the top of the ninth inning. Uh, and they're maybe thinking about getting things going. I haven't seen an update uh, lately. I saw that they were pulling the tarp off, but couldn't tell if they were just getting rain off it and putting it back on, or if they're actually thinking about finishing the game tonight. But uh, if the Marlins hold on and win that game tonight, the Padres would officially be eliminated. They're not going to make the playoffs, but that would make it official. Uh, but those other teams battling, like there is – it's going to be a hard battle. You know, the Reds have probably played their way out of it, but they play the Cardinals, who are bad. You know, the Cubs are on the outside looking in right now and have to play the the Brewers. The the Marlins uh, get to play the Pirates as soon as this Mets series ever ends. And then the D-backs play the Astros, who are still playing for their playoff lives. And so even though the D-backs have the, the, the second uh, – a lead on the second wildcard spot, they have the toughest road. So, like – those four teams, D-backs, Marlins, Cubs, and Reds, it's not crazy to see any combination of two of those teams taking those last two wildcard spots. Yeah, and the one that we'd be concerned about in the sense of not concerned like, oh, we don't want to play them, but just you know what we're looking at is the, set, the third wildcard for the National League, obviously. Because the winner of the third wild card will play the Dino, or no, not to play the Dynamax. They'll play the Brewers in the first round, and the winner of that first round wild card round will play, go on to play the Dodgers. So you know, if you obviously Dodgers Giants is always going to be a thing, but uh, if you're looking for other stuff to keep you Dodger focused this weekend, that's probably more of the games you want to check out and kind of see. Uh, all those teams obviously bring something different to the table. All those teams would be the big underdogs against the Dodgers. Maybe the Brewers would have a little bit better chance in terms of odds makers, but um, you know, if that's what you want to check out this weekend, that's what you would look at. Yeah. One reason to root for the Cubs and the Reds to be, I don't know, at least the Cubs to get one of those spots, uh, the D backs, the Marlins and the Reds all have managers who, if they lead their teams to the playoffs, they might, uh, have a chance against Dave Roberts in the manager of the year co uh, conversation. Like Skip Schumacher, I feel like if the Marlins get that wild card spot, he's going to get a lot of votes, especially because he's a shiny new thing. It's first year as a manager, all that stuff. Uh, so if you are invested in Dave Roberts getting the manager of the year award that he definitely deserves this year, uh, you, maybe you're you're rooting for. But like, like I said, three of those four teams have candidates, Skip Schumacher or David Bell or uh, – Tori Lavolo, is that the D-backs manager's yeah. name? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any of those guys could get you know, a, a playoff bump in the manager of the year voting, I still think, for the Dodgers' expectations and then the rash of injuries and arrests that their pitching staff has had. Uh, Dave Roberts is clearly the manager of the year. Yeah, so uh, real quick before we end out, the it's a little bit late, the Dodgers – as we're recording this on Thursday night, Dodgers are starting to release the costumes for the final dress-up day. 
Dave Roberts is dressed as Coach Prime and the rest of the coaching staff is dressed as his coaching staff and security. That's already probably going to be my favorite just based on that's pretty hilarious seeing Dave Roberts dressed like that. Um, I know there's some other ones out there, but we'll, we'll wait till we're not going to go through and look at them right now. We don't have that much time, but we'll come back on Monday uh, and talk about which ones were our favorites. I don't see any as good as years past though so far. Yeah, we're going to have several days with no actual baseball games that the Dodgers are involved in, so maybe we'll we'll touch on these costumes. I did see uh, uh, James Outman as Jon Snow from, yeah, from matches. Uh, what's Game, that? Of Game of Thrones. I knew it had a name. Yeah, I always just think of uh, the guy who showed up to uh, when my daughter was like four years old, her little gymnastics class uh, had a Halloween party, and this dude shows up dressed as Jon Snow. It's like, you showed up to a kid's Halloween party in Utah? dressed as a game of thrones character and you're upset that nobody recognized what you are like how many of these moms do you think are watching game of thrones in between raising their 35 kids each you know but yeah yeah it looks like mark priors dressed as usc head football coach lincoln riley i see robin big i don't know who exactly dresses him though i see uh the inflatables the freddie dance inflatable guys i see jason hayward showing off his body as a boxer i think creed maybe so, yeah, we'll get into all these. And, and our uh, buddy, uh, Petey Montero, former guest on the podcast, Petey Montero is part of Coach Prime's coaching staff in the, in the costume party. So, yeah. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening or watching every day. We can be found on YouTube or where we get podcasts. If you search Locked on Dodgers, we're not going to say we uh, – favor everydayers but we're not going to say we don't favor everydayers because you know i favor everydayers i like them a little bit more uh if you want to listen this weekend to any of the games because you can't watch the sirius xm app or sirius xm can help you out if you search dodgers you can listen to the home broadcast for any of those games if you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at since 91 You can DM either of us on the Twitters if you need to get a hold of us for any questions, comments, or concerns. You can also send those via email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or send us a text or leave us a voicemail at 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Tell your smart device play podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.